Welcome on back to the pod. It is a Wednesday Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tim Leonard here with you, and we're going to bring on Stephen Bailey in just a second. Going to break this into two parts. Great chat with Stephen Bailey after the spring game and his initial takeaways from that and spring football at large for Syracuse. We'll dive into everything over the next two days from the offense, new offensive coordinator, Garrett Schrader, quarterback battle, other position battles. If you're a football fan, we go deep here. So really good chat, breaking into two parts over two days. We will start it with part one of our conversation with Stephen Bailey up next. You are locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Stephen Bailey is here now on the Wednesday Locked on Syracuse podcast. Fresh off of the spring game, we had to get Stephen Bailey on the podcast, who does a great job covering football for Cuse Nation and 247sports.com. And Stephen, I know you were at the spring game. It's kind of amazing that Syracuse football had a spring game. Tyler and I were joking throughout last week that it felt like an April Fool's joke, especially when it first came out on April 1st. And just the nature of how Dino Babers ran things last year and was pretty closed door on things. But we get a chance to see the team. We didn't get a chance to see Garrett Trader and Sean Tucker in action, but got to see some young new pieces. What were just your initial takeaways from being there at the spring game? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the biggest thing is they made it through <laughs> without any major injuries. To me, it's like when you when you run a whole scrimmage of ones versus twos, you really need to contextualize every like individual performance you see because you're not seeing good on good. Like the second team defense had one scholarship guy who played college ball last year. You know, the second team offense is the line, obviously the bunch of guys who haven't played, you know, a transfer quarterback, uh, they shuffled receivers. So we'll get into the personnel stuff in a little bit, but for me, Mm -hmm. it was, Hey, they made it through most of spring without a major injury, which is, which is big for this team. Um, and yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was a good chance for the program to showcase its new coaches, um, for fans to get, you know, a little bit of a look at the offense and just, you know, kind of put what was a a really brutal 2021 season between the close losses in the middle of the season and the blowout losses at the end, um, behind them. I'm sure, you know, we, we can certainly get into the football side of things Uh, when you get there. Uh, Justin Lamson to me is the biggest the biggest takeaway is that he he looked good. You know, he threw yeah. two good deep balls, threw two touchdowns, again, against an early enrollee cornerback in Don Foster who's been playing the position for like one year. Um, but he looked good in most of his underneath stuff, and we saw him be comfortable using his legs. And if you've, you know, have watched his high school tape even once, you knew, you knew he did it there uh, at Oak Ridge High School in, in the greater Sacramento area. But just to, you know, to see that and to see how he moves – he looks confident. You know, Dino Baber said Justin Lamson is more confident after a year in the system. You'd think he would be, but just watching him, you know, he, he's definitely more decisive with, with his actions and, and just more fluid moving around out there. Yeah, I do think it's an important point what you noted that he's going against the twos and then the defense was going against the twos on offense. So it has a way of making it seem like the ones look even better than maybe they are, but it's yeah. still good to see Justin Lamson out there. I think 
what my takeaway is, is that he's kind of the clear cut number two now in the backup to Garrett Schrader. Would you say that's fair based on what you saw from Lampson, based on the reps he got compared to what you saw from the other quarterbacks in that conversation? Right now, absolutely. I mean, he were, he got all the first team reps with Garrett Schrader out. Uh, media went to some practices the Monday and Wednesday before um the spring game and he was working with the first team offense there Garrett Schrader tweaked his hamstring in, in a scrimmage the previous Saturday that's why he's not out there I don't think there's any long-term concern but obviously you got to put someone in there and and based on everything we've seen it's mm-hmm. been Lamson now Dan Villari the Michigan transfer is not only learning what Robert and I and Jason Becker have brought in but everything that was potentially carried over if there's terminology or um you know, just the way they do things culturally, you know, he's in a new school, new locker room, new everything. Right. So, you know, I think you can give him a little bit of um, of a leash, you know, but that said, the guy who he's competing against had a great spring. Justin Lamson had a really good spring. I think he is in the lead to be the backup guy, but you give Dan Valaria summer and I'm, you know, you don't bring in a quarterback transfer from Michigan and not give him a chance to go live in the fall. Right. So it's not settled just like Garrett Schrader is not locked in as the starter. But ultimately, you know, probably by the second or third week of fall camp, there's going to be one guy getting starters reps and one guy getting backup reps. And that those backup reps are going to go to either Lampson or Valari. And whoever that is, is really the only guy who will have a chance to, to push Schrader if the coaching staff views it as a quarterback competition or who will be the guy who will be the backup if Schrader gets hurt or they need to go, or he's just playing really bad and, and they want to go to a second guy. So I think Lampson's in the lead there, but it's still, it's still a long way from week one. And you got to remember Valari is learning on the fly here. Yeah. What about Jacoby and Morgan? Do you think from what you saw from him, he's in the conversation for the, the second spot in the quarterback battle there? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think he is. I, I think Lampson's, mobility as like kind of a true dual threat guy separates him a little bit. Um, You know, you got, again, you got to remember with Morgan, you're watching him work with the second team offense against the ones and same with Dan Villari, (laughs) you know, that's (laughs) right. That's problematic. That's Mikel Jones and Marlo wax and Stefan Thompson and Deuce Chestnut and Garrett Williams and Jason Simmons and Jahad Carter against a bunch of like second and third year offensive linemen who haven't played, you know, the receivers mixed in kind of normally maybe a true freshman running back a transfer running back like it's it's different you you kind of naturally wonder well what if Lampson worked with the twos versus the ones and would Morgan have looked really good with the ones versus the twos certainly he would have looked better so right. i don't think it's fair to 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 discount him but Jacobian Morgan is a pocket passer who can run and i talked to them you know a couple weeks ago about it and he's that's basically what he said. He's like, I feel comfortable running, but if I can stand in the pocket and, and deliver, I'm going to do that. Um, you know, so I think Lamson's skill set fits better slightly. Uh, I think Morgan is maybe a little bit more of an, a known entity than Valari. Like if Valari struggles, then, you know, maybe Morgan is the one maybe gets maybe a, a chance to earn the number two job. Um, but, you know, if I was stacking up the room right now, it'd be Schrader one, Lamson two, and then T3, Valari and Morgan. Okay. I mean, that's how the reps were distributed. But like I said, it's it's a long way, long way to week one. Yeah, for sure. Would you say the gap from Lampsum at two to the guys that are tied for third in your eyes 
is bigger or smaller than the gap from Schrader at one to Lampson at two? It's probably a tough question yeah. to answer, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Um, you know, I, I think you gotta look at Valari as someone who has not been evaluated, right? Like those right. guys are both splitting reps right now. Dino Babers has a pretty good idea of what Jacoby and Morgan can do. I, I think Robert and I and Jason Beck certainly want to put him in situations to do different things, but you've got a couple of years of like practice tape. You know, you've seen him go up against the first team defense and scout team. You've seen him do team reps last year. He was the number two after Tommy transferred. Uh, so, but Dan Valari, you, you haven't seen, and he is someone who is a, a playmaker who is a true dual threat quarterback, who is similar to Schrader, someone who wants to get out of the pocket and lower his shoulder and, you know, play, play street football, essentially. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. So I think, I, I think that makes it really hard to evaluate where they are. Um, I think reps will be fluid. I think you're going to see Schrader get the starters reps for the most part, if he's healthy, and then it'll kind of be whoever's playing well from there. Um, you know, like we said, I think Lampson is, is, is in the lead there, but I don't think he's created so much separation that, you know, <clears throat> they're not going to give those other guys chances at the start of the fall, but there's going to yeah. come a point, maybe it's week two or week three of fall camp where, you know, you switch to game planning. Like you've got to hone in, like who's going to run the scout team. Like someone needs to go run the scout team. Someone needs to be the two. Someone needs to be the three. And, uh, you know, in the era of the transfer portal, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that's not as clear cut as you may think. You may think yeah. you have your scout team quarterback and, and suddenly you don't. All right. Quick break from Stephen Bailey to tell you guys about built bar. It is that time of year where I've pretty much given up on all my new year's resolutions usually, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right. That is thanks to built bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. You have to try the built bar puffs. If you haven't already Man, are they good. Come in a lot of different fan favorite flavors. You've got the cinnamony churro, the coconut marshmallow, the banana cream pie. There are tons of great flavors. You got to go over to built.com and just take in the flavor options because each time I look, they add some new ones. They're somehow good for you and they taste delicious as well. Low calorie, high protein. You can replace your candy bars with these because they are better and they are so much better for you as well. You look at a Typical candy bar that usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Well, a built bar contains 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and then you get 17 grams of protein. These are delicious and good for you. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15, all one word for 15% off over at built.com. Yeah, I think we're all guilty, and I do it too, where it's just fresh off basketball ending, springtime, and, and you're going to the practices and everything, and then you sit back and you're like, man, we are so far away from opening game here in, in the first week here. So there's a lot to decide in the quarterback battle, and there will be a lot more live reps on either side there uh, for all those guys. But on the note of Garrett Schrader, how confident are you that New quarterback coach who has good pedigree, Jason Beck. New offensive coordinator, Robert and I, can maximize him and make him into a quarterback that can develop as a passer and maybe lead Syracuse to a bowl game next year. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, spring ball is kind of the time for hype and all the guys are saying the right things. And, you, you know, 
you feel the optimism being around there. You feel the energy. I think it kind of comes naturally with like, you need to learn these new term, this new terminology. Like some of the concepts are the same or similar. You're, you're doing all these different motions and these different things. And because it feels new, it gives you the hope that the result could be different. Right. Um, you know, we need to wait and see. I think it's good that, um, you know, Dino brought in, someone who does something different, right? Like they've been leaning on the veer and shoot through Mike Lynch, through Sean Lewis, through Sterling Gilbert. And it hasn't really worked (laughs) the last few years. You know, they don't have, I don't think they've had the speed on the perimeter to make it work. And they certainly haven't had the pass protection to let, you know, the vertical shots develop that we saw hit early on to Ambaratawo and maybe to a lesser extent, Steve Ishmael, him and Dungeon yeah. really worked the back shoulder ball so well. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I think, I think they're good coaches. Certainly you, you look at their history of production, what they've done with Taysom Hill with mobile quarterbacks, obviously Brandon Armstrong at Virginia last year. Um, so I think they're good hires. The question is, well, where is that ceiling for Garrett Schrader? How accurate can he be? Is he someone who can develop the arm strength and consistency to hit on all three levels while running 15 times a game and taking 20 hits a game? You know, I don't know. I don't know if there's coaches who can do that. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's asking quite a bit. Um, You know, my sense is that Garrett is highly motivated to prove people that, that he can do that. Um, I mean, you've got a guy who was moved to wide receiver two years ago, who is now a returning power five starter. Like he has a big chip on his shoulder and that's abundantly clear talking to him about anything related to the offense. Uh, so I'll be interested to see how it develops. Um, but I, I kind of wouldn't rule anything out this early. I don't think he's 100% locked in to be the starter. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they were, you know, the coaching staff was able to put him in more positions to succeed and you can get a little bit of a short passing game going and you can prevent teams from stacking the box to the extent they did last year. It, it's an, it's an uphill battle, but you know, I, I think Dino Babers has done a good job of giving Syracuse at least a chance to get the passing game going because, it, you know, if they can't do that, it's, it's going to be a lot of what we saw last year. Yeah. Do you think there's any motivation this year? You have a guy, Lampson, who you mentioned is sort of dual threat behind Trader. Valari, they add, is a dual threat option. Just from an outsider's perspective, last year it felt like it might be tough in sort of game planning and practicing leading up to the season when you have Tommy DeVito running one type of offense and Garrett Trader running another type of offense. Do you think there's any motivation from the staff this year that they said, it's a bonus that we have kind of similar quarterbacks, not the exact same, but you're not looking at a, a pro passer and a, and a dual threat guy in a competition. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mentioned this, I asked questions about this last year. Like how do you practice going back from Tommy yeah. DeVito to Garrett Schrader? It's like, you can't call the same plays for those guys. Like I get Tommy is able to run and, and maybe a faster straight line guy, but you're not, <laughs> you're not sending him into harm's way 20 times a game. And with Garrett, like you don't trust him to, to beat the rotating safety the way you do Tommy, you know, on, on the deep ball. So now, yeah, I think there's more consistency and, and Dino said as much the spring, you can kind of call, you can call similar stuff. I mean, they're, they're different people and they, they have slightly you know, different strengths and weaknesses and right. They're still evaluating Valari. Like you don't know exactly what throws he can and can't make. And you're learning that, but yeah, they're guys who can run. Like you don't need to shy away from certain, you know, certain tendencies, especially because, you know, 
if Garrett Schrader gets hurt and, you know, frankly, looking at the last decade, when yeah. Garrett Schrader gets hurt, <laughs> just from Syracuse football history and, and his style of play, you've got someone who can go in and you can run the same stuff, theoretically, with Justin Lampson and with Dan Valari, at least from a, a stylistic viewpoint. Whether they can be as efficient doing it, we don't know that yet. You know, it's easy to forget Garrett Schrader was one of the most effective rushing quarterbacks in the country last year. Like, you know, for as good as Justin Lampson looked in the spring game, there's a difference between a huge difference between doing that against the second team Syracuse defense and going out and doing it against ACC teams. Um, and Dan Valari didn't really play much at Michigan. So, so similar deal. You've got guys who, who have a similar skill set, but not the same proven track record. And I, I, I think it's easy to kind of diminish the value of that when you're stuck in like spring mode and you're just comparing guys in practice, but Schrader has gone out and done it. And I think, um, you know, I think that's something worth remembering going, going in, but you're spot on, you know, they've got three guys who can really all do the same stuff and, and Morgan is mobile. It's not like he, he won't run. And we saw him take off a couple times in the spring game, um, but not exactly the contact seeking guy like those three. And I mean, Lampson lowered his shoulder to a linebacker yeah. in the red zone, you know? So, I mean, they're, they play very similarly. There's no doubt about it. This episode is also brought to you by rock auto with the ever increasing number of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money today when using Rock Auto. That's what I do every time now when I have to upgrade something in my car. If it's a little thing, if it's a big thing, no matter what, Rock Auto has it. And they've got great prices, very easy to use interface as well. They're a family business that has now been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. It saves so much time. You don't have to worry about waiting in line, going to the store. It really is a lifesaver, so I encourage everyone to do it. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, box? so they know that we sent you? That's important. Again, put Locked On the name of this podcast network in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Just visit rockauto.com. You I did a good article with Justin Lampson. I saw you talk to him recently, and I'd encourage people to check that out. And one thing that stood out to me is, and I was sort of wondering going into reading the article, is how does he feel about the new offensive coordinator, the new offense that's coming in? But it seems like, based on his article with you, or based on the article you did with him, that he's encouraged about the idea of this new regime coming in offensively. Yeah, you know, again, a little bit, <laughs> put a you know a little dose of salt in there, like. Sure. You gotta, you gotta say it. You can't be right. the quarterback. He's not going to come out and to... say, I, I hate these guys. I, I totally hear you there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, this is spring ball is just the time where this stuff lives. I've been covering this team for so long. Like it, I'm just a little, I guess a little cynical. Like you always hear like the same stuff, like, Oh, it's going to be different this year. Like we have a new group of leaders. Like we're really motivated. Like as if you're not going up against like a bunch of ACC teams who are all doing the same thing, who yeah, all spend their right. winter and summer working out <laughs> and all that. Setting that aside, yes, Justin Lamson was very excited when he found out that Robert and I would be coming in. 
He quickly did some research. He saw how well they've worked with mobile quarterbacks. He saw the tendency to build around the strengths of the players versus shoving players into, into your system and trying to make it work. Um, and then, you know, he's enjoyed working with, with both Jason Beck and Robert and I, since they've gotten here, you know, so I, I, I think it's a good fit. Like, I just think it makes sense. They want someone <clears throat> who can run and do RPOs and do option based stuff, but who can also get the ball out fast. I, I, I got to say the most impressive throws I've seen Justin Lampson make the spring weren't in the spring game. They were in practice. You know, we saw, yeah. uh, we see a lot of goal line periods. That's usually the first thing media see when they go in, it's like six to eight scripted plays of ones versus ones. I mean, we saw him zip a back shoulder ball to, I believe, Isaiah Jones before Deuce Chestnut got his head around. You know, we saw him wait on a Sean Tucker angle route, you know, waiting for, for the safety to bite and for Sean to cut back inside before delivering it. Um, we saw him drop a ball in the bucket early this spring to Michigan State transfer C.J. Hayes that, that was, I don't remember if it was broken up or dropped, but, I mean, you know, short space throws against – a good first team defense. Like yeah. that's a good look. If you're going up against those, you know, Syracuse's first team defense, maybe the line aside, um, you know, that's, that's a fair representation of, of the football you're going to see in the fall. So <clears throat> I don't yeah. remember what the original question was, <laughs> but <laughs> you answered it just on Justin Lampson and, and what you get. Oh, he likes about first. the system. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It seems like a good fit. And I mean, look, based on the reps he's getting, they clearly like him. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't just give someone all of the first team reps when your starters out, if you, you know, you're still a kind of, you know, if there hasn't been some separation between him and the other two guys, you could have split those first team reps and they didn't. All right. We're going to cut part one right there with Stephen Bailey. Don't worry though. He will be back tomorrow. More things to talk about. Of course, we got to get into the offensive line, got to get into the defense, the defensive line. Is anyone stepping up on that D line right now? Who are some young guys that could really make an impact this season for Syracuse? There's lots more to discuss and we'll dive deep into all of that stuff tomorrow with Stephen Bailey. Great chat though. So far, if you haven't already go follow him on Twitter, go check out his work. Cuse nation, 24 seven sports. There's no one better at covering Syracuse football than Stephen Bailey. So we appreciate the time with him. He will be back on the podcast tomorrow. Subscribe now if you haven't already, and you will get that podcast right when it comes out. Also subscribe to the YouTube page and follow us on Twitter for updates on Twitter. Our Twitter page is at LO underscore Syracuse. We'll talk to you guys with Stephen Bailey tomorrow. Tomorrow.